Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Thursday morning and... Coming up later on in this hour, we're going to learn a little bit more about Lemonade Day, the annual event that helps teach kids how to be young business owners. And that's happening on Saturday, June 24th. It's the eighth annual South Coast Lemonade Day. And uh, we're going to be talking with some you know, someone who actually, you know, has some experience in helping businesses get started. Someone from our main squeeze sponsor of the uh, South Coast Lemonade Day this year, Bay Coast Bank. So we'll talk about that and what you can expect from South Coast Lemonade Day. We will also talk a little bit later on in the program with Lieutenant Scott Carolla of the New Bedford Police Department. He has an announcement that he wants to make here on the airwaves and he, he hasn't told me what it is yet. So we'll find out when he comes in. And uh, we can talk about whatever else is on your mind at 508-996-0500. I gave the, the bear update this morning that it was seen in Marion yesterday, and it may have moved on from the area. But the question came up because in Marion there was video captured, which you can see at WBSM.com and on the app, of police uh, attempting to tranquilize the bear. They wanted to, to knock it out so they could have it be asleep and move it out of the area. And I know that some people are upset about this. Not only some of the comments that I've seen on social media under the story, but we got an app chat message from Jess and Akushnet. Was it Akushnet? Yes, Jess and Akushnet, who said, you know, I, she, she thinks that it's wrong, that they want to do this. We should let the bears come in and figure it out for themselves uh, without trying to move them out of the area. So I'm interested in getting your thoughts on that. 508-996-0500. Should we allow the bears to stay and figure it out for themselves? Or if the bears show up in the area, should we try to move them out of here because there's not, you know, enough good spots for them? I, I think that there probably are bears here that we just don't realize are here. And I'm not sure this is the same bear, even though we have the bear tracker. And, you know, Mass Wildlife's been oddly quiet about this. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but we'll see if we can get some more information out of them. If you were watching television last night, if you were watching primetime television, you might be wrapped up in the Jeopardy Masters tournament. Now, I haven't watched Jeopardy in a long time. I used to watch it nightly when I was in college. Usually I was home. Um, usually if I was home. I would watch it. I worked a lot of nights. Uh, I'd get home from school like 3, 4 in the afternoon, go right to work. But if I was home, I would watch it. On Tuesdays, was it Tuesdays? or Yeah, I think it was Tuesdays. 
my friend Tommy and I, we worked together, and we used to go out after work, and we would have some drinks. We'd play pool, have some beers, and usually by the time Jeopardy came on, I'd had quite a few beers, and I would just kind of sit at the the bar, and they would put the they'd put Jeopardy on the TV, and I would just sit there and like rapid fire answer every question. Didn't matter if I was right or not. I just had an answer for everything because you know I had that liquid reassurance in my intelligence. But I guess I did pretty well because people would you know cheer me on and everything. So I you know here I am thinking, well I should go on Jeopardy. I should go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I should go on one of these game shows. And anytime I tried, I never made it out of the original, you know, the, the first test that they give you. They have to like fill out and send in. There was when I when I wanted to do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which was when it first came out, like the first showing of it, when it first came out, they said, Okay, if you want to be on the next round of this, you know, call this number or write to whatever it was, and I did get a phone call from the show where they gave me like a second test over the phone that I didn't do so well on. So I think that that's probably why, you know, I never never made it past that. My dad was on a on a national game show. They didn't air it around here, but it aired around the rest of the country. It was called Ruckus. It was produced by Merv Griffin, and it was hosted by one of my favorite comedians of all time, the amazing Jonathan. And uh, and he, he won a couple hundred bucks in cash. It was like kind of like double dare for adults. And, uh, and it was fun because I was in the audience. Uh, I got to see him actually uh, be part of that show. But anyway, if you are a Jeopardy fan, you're probably watching the Jeopardy Masters tournament. I guess last night they they selected, the, they, they named the first Jeopardy Master. Uh, so last night on the program, there was a question about New Bedford. And if you remember a few years ago, Casey wrote an article where she took all of the, because Jeopardy puts all of its questions up online. So anytime that there's been a question that's been asked, it goes into the Jeopardy archives. There are people who run Jeopardy fan sites that are obsessive about these things, that keep track of all these things. There's lots of resources out there to find all the questions. But Casey went through and had checked out all the times New Bedford had been mentioned, and really all the times the South Coast had been mentioned on Jeopardy. But when she looked up all of the South, all the uh, New Bedford mentions, it, the question was always about whaling. And last night, the question on Jeopardy Masters was also about whaling. So it, it's not like <laughs> there are other things about New Bedford. There are other questions that they could ask. But I think, you know, if you look at what the average Jeopardy contestant may know they're going to make that assumption of whaling when it comes to New Bedford. And it just so happens that the person who got the question right currently lives in Cambridge. So he might have had a leg up on that just from being here. So let me uh, let me play you a little audio clip of what went on last night on Jeopardy Masters. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Sure. There we see them. Mateo, I'll start with your fancy. Uh, historical parks for 16. A historical park devoted to the whaling industry in this Massachusetts city features a museum and the schooner Ernestina. Matt. What's New Bedford? You got it. British authors 12. All right, so that was the show last night. 
Uh, it was the question was, and it came under the category uh, National Historic Parks. And host Ken Jennings asked that he read the clue. I shouldn't say question. I, I got to remember the Jeopardy terminology here. But Ken Jennings read the clue, a historical park devoted to the whaling industry in this Massachusetts city features a museum and the schooner Ernestina. And the person who got the correct answer, his name is Matt Amodio. And if you are not familiar with the Jeopardy, you know, the Jeopardy uh, celebrities, he is he has the third longest winning streak in Jeopardy history. Behind Amy Schneider, who's number two, and the host of the show last night, Ken Jennings, who was number one. And he rang in with the correct question of what is New Bedford? Uh, playing against him were James Holzhauser, who owns the record for the most money won in a single game, $131,127, and uh, Mateo Roach. So Matt Amodio got that right here in $1,600, and that put him in the lead at the time with $6,000. So I'm not sure who won. I didn't I didn't watch the episode. I got this information from somebody who did and from what I could find online. But if you if you did watch it and you know who won, you want to let me know, you can send me an app chat message on the WBSM app. But yet again, there's New Bedford on Jeopardy. And the question has to do with whaling. Like can they ask anything else? I mean, you heard Mayor Mitchell yesterday talk about how Dr. Erwin Jacobs' son is, Jeff Jacobs is one of the owners of the Sacramento Kings. Joe Lacob, who is a New Bedford native, is the owner of the Golden State Warriors. How about this Massachusetts seaside city boasts two natives who now own California NBA teams? Maybe that's a little bit more difficult, but still. I mean, this is Jeopardy Masters. This is supposed to be difficult, right? But there you go. It's on TV again for what? For whaling. I guess it's still a better, it's better than the last time New Bedford was mentioned on national television, which was just a couple months ago on the AMC show Lucky Hank, starring Bob Odenkirk from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, where they talked about how the New Bedford, they, they said the Chamber of Commerce, but they said the New Bedford Chamber of Commerce hates the book Moby Dick. Or something. I forget what the exact joke was. It wasn't very funny. But at least New Bedford got a mention on a national TV show. But again, it was about whaling. There are other things going on here. There are. Other, how about this Massachusetts seaside city boasts the first staging area for the emerging offshore wind industry? Boop, boop. What is New Bedford? You're correct. Tim has control of the board. And I say that because later on today, there's going to be an event happening where Vineyard Wind will be showing off the first components that arrived yesterday. New Bedford Light was tracking the ship as it came in. And you can read their story at newbedfordlight.org. 
but they were tracking it as they came in. They have some aerial photos. You can see these components coming into the harbor. But they're going to have a big uh, unveiling today, a big press event today. Our, our Adam Bass is going to be going down and covering that for us. But you'll you'll be able to see at WBSM.com later on all of these photos of, of what these components are going to look like. That could have been a pretty good Jeopardy question. Jeopardy Masters, man, come on. This is like the best of the best. You could go a little deeper, I think, than just whaling, but... At least at least we made Jeopardy. By the way, that video clip that we have in the story for you to check out at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app came to us from New Bedford native turned Floridian Jack Marivelle, who has an interesting connection to WBSM because he was a musician and he played in different bands around here and he is uh, obsessed with the Beatles. I don't think he would... He would object to us categorizing it as an obsession. He loves the Beatles. He plays in Beatles tribute bands. He usually plays Paul in Beatles tribute bands. But he is just totally devoted to the Beatles. And on the night of December 9th, 1980, was that? I think it's December 9th. I don't know why I'm uh, blanking on the exact date. But he was here in the WBSM studio the night that John Lennon was murdered. December 8th, 1980. Sorry. He was supposed to be here to do an appearance just to promote his new album, his new song that was out with his band City Lights. So it was it was a Monday night. Of course, you know, because the famous... Monday night football call from Howard Cosell telling the world that John Lennon had died. But he was here on WBSM that night because at just after the 11 o'clock news, see Jack Marivelle being out there performing with the band City Lights and, his, and, and performing on his own and all that, he knew Gene Daniels. And so Gene Daniels helped him out and said, you know what, I'll, I'll get you on WBSM. We'll get you some exposure for your new single which was called Special Kind of Love, and we'll get you on the radio. So he worked it out and arranged for him to be interviewed live on the air by Norm Raposa after the 11 o'clock news that Monday night. So he showed up here, being, well, not here, but in the old old WBSM studios, uh, with a Beatles pin on his shirt because he was a big Beatles fan. But what happened was, the 11 p.m. newscast ended. When the interview began, uh, Marivell was very excited to be on the air, but it only lasted a few minutes because they got a breaking news alert just moments after they went on the air together, Marivell and, and, and uh, Norma Posa. The bulletin came in stating that John Lennon was shot five times and he was in critical condition. And the interview went on, and the newsman walked in with a third bulletin, and we actually have the audio of that at WBSM.com and on the app for you to hear. I'll play a little of it right here. It is uh, Jack Maravell, a local fellow who has a record out, and we're going to talk to uh, Jack again about That's the normal record. Uh, obviously, he did not do the record by himself. There are other people involved in the recording. And uh, who were these people, and uh, are they members of your band, or yes. did you pick them as backup? Well, we are Let's see here. Uh, it was sort of a... I have a plays guitar, and I know... Broke 
across the over the wire in front of his home. Police say that farm beetle John Lennon was shot and killed in front of his home on Manhattan's Upper West Side tonight. That's the uh, story on that. The suspect, as we said, is in custody. Uh, there is no report as to why uh, the shooting took place, uh, who the suspect is. But uh, the report is that uh, John Lennon indeed was shot and he died in front of his home on Manhattan's Upper West Side earlier this evening. I tell you what, let's take a break right here. Let's I think, play the record. Yeah, I think that... Uh, there there, there, there uh, you hear Jack Maravell like so overcome with emotion that he says, you know, just just play the record. So you can hear the entirety. There's uh, There's about six and a half minutes of audio that you can hear in that story. Which so if you go to the story about the Jeopardy appearance, uh, the Jeopardy New Bedford mention, and you scroll down at the end of that story, there we have a little link to the story that I wrote a few years ago about Jack Maravell on the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's murder, and you can hear that audio for yourself in that clip. So I listen. Weird synchronicities, weird coincidences like that pop up. So I want to make sure that. You know, you're you're wrapped up into my weird world as well. Got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. This is karma's gonna get you. Gonna knock you right in the head. You better get yourself together. Pretty soon you're gonna be dead. I always thought that 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 first verse of Instant Karma was a little, you know, it's going to get you in the head. Pretty soon you're going to be dead. Always unnerves me a little bit to hear that song. Uh, and it also unnerves me a little bit to have to tell you some sad news, but not totally sad. Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shops will permanently close their location on Dartmouth Street this Saturday at 4 p.m. Now, we told you back in January that both the Dartmouth Street location and the Bolton Street in New Bedford location were going to be put up for sale. But um, on Saturday at 4 p.m., they will permanently close the Dartmouth Street location, but you can still pick up your favorites at their Bolton Street New Bedford location. That is going to keep operating for the foreseeable future. So all of your Sunrise favorites that you love, we get the nadas here all the time, but all the things that you love from from Sunrise Bakery, you'll still be able to get them from their Bolton Street location. It is just the Dartmouth Street location that is closing this Saturday at 4 p.m. The Amaral family would like to thank all of their customers for all of their support. So head on over there and uh, you know have one last hurrah this weekend at the Dartmouth Street location and then just make the switch after that to Bolton Street for all of your Sunrise favorites. Uh, of course, you can read more about this at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Michael Rock has a story where uh, he explains the, all the reasons why the family is stepping away. The Amaral family has spent many years, you know, waking up early and preparing all of this, all of the great things that they offer at Sunrise. So now they're looking forward to stepping back from all of that. But that means... There's going to be some changes, and that change means that the Dartmouth Street location will close this Saturday at 4, but then the Bolton Street location will remain open for the time being so we can still get all those delicious sunrise treats. And Kay Robinson knows how good those are because we get them here quite a bit. We do. So are you going to head on over to Dartmouth Street and give it one goodbye? Or you I just... would love to do that. Um, I don't know if I'll have time, but yeah. we'll, we'll We'll bring you something. Excellent. 
And then, you know, then we're just going to go to Bolton Street after that. Yeah. All right, let's go into the WBSM newsroom with Kate Robinson. Many residents of Guam are without power and utilities after Typhoon Mawar tore through the remote U.S. Pacific Territory and ripped roofs off homes, flipped vehicles, and shredded trees. The governor's office says there were minor injuries reported, but no fatalities. The typhoon is the strongest to hit the territory of roughly 150,000 people since 2002. It briefly made landfall Wednesday night as a Category 4 storm. The island's international airport flooded, and the swirling typhoon churned up a storm surge and waves that crashed through coastal reefs and flooded homes. An island meteorologist said Thursday that what used to be a jungle, quote, looks like toothpicks. It appears progress is being made in negotiations between the White House and Republicans on a bill to raise the debt ceiling. Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters Wednesday he believes an agreement will be made ahead of an early June deadline and that the U.S. will avoid default. President Biden is marking the one-year anniversary of the Uvalde school shooting. In remarks from the White House Wednesday, Biden said too many schools have become killing fields across America and reiterated his call for Congress to pass an assault weapons ban and universal background checks. The Twitter Spaces launch of Ron DeSantis' 2024 bid was hit by early tech issues. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez has more on what went wrong. A slew of technical glitches, leaving those who were listening confused. The event getting started nearly a half hour late and the Trump campaign having a field day, saying it was a complete failure to launch and an embarrassment. The sound repeatedly dropped out during the first 25 minutes of the live stream. The tech issues were eventually corrected and his conversation with Twitter CEO Elon Musk eventually began. The Twitter spaces at one point had over 700,000 listeners. Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes will be sentenced today for seditious conspiracy in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Prosecutors are asking that Rhodes be sentenced to up to 25 years in prison for his role in trying to stop the certification of President Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 election. That would be by far the longest prison term in the Capitol riot. Prosecutors say Rhodes played a major role in spreading doubt about the election and led more than 20 others to seek to use violence against the government to stop the transfer of power from former President Trump to Biden. Americans are foregoing health care services at higher rates. Mark Mayfield has the story. A survey from the Federal Reserve finds that 28% of respondents went without some form of medical care in 2022 because it was too expensive. That number climbed by 4% year over year. The survey found Americans were most likely to skip dental care, followed by a doctor's visit and a prescription medication. They also neglected to schedule follow-up visits and mental health counseling. I'm Mark Mayfield. Stars are honoring music icon Tina Turner, who died Wednesday at the age of 83. Angela Bassett, who was nominated for an Oscar for her portrayal of Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It, said she was, quote, simply the best. Motown legend Diana Ross said she is shocked and saddened. Rolling Stones frontman Nick Mick Jagger said Turner was, quote, enormously talented. 
The company that owns Facebook is slashing business teams in its final round of layoffs. Meta Platforms Incorporated on Wednesday said it carried out its last batch of layoffs this year as part of its plan to eliminate 10,000 jobs. Dozens of Meta employees announced on LinkedIn that they were being laid off. Today is National Wine Day. Brie Tennis has everything you need to know. There are three basic ingredients in wine, yeast, fruit-based fermentables, that's where the grapes come in, and water. Of course, nuances of different spices make their way in. Honeysuckle and vanilla are popular. Vine Pear says California leads the pack with the most consumption of wine, 85.7 million gallons every year. If you're counting calories this National Wine Day, reach for the white, about 120 calories in a glass of Chardonnay, 125 in a glass of Cab. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. In sports, it's Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics take on the heat at home in Boston tonight at 8.30. Miami leads the series 3-1. to And the Red Sox lost to the Los Angeles Angels last night. Next up is a game Friday with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We're going to be a bit cooler today. We'll have some breezy northwest winds, about 15 miles an hour, and we'll have a mixture of some sun and clouds throughout the day. Today, we're going to reach a high of about 65, and tonight, we'll get down to 41 degrees. For tomorrow, mostly sunny skies, high in the upper 60s. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now, it is 52 degrees and cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. You look a little perplexed, Kate. What? What's happening? This is a song called Bridgewater Triangle. Very eerie. This is actually from the soundtrack to Midnight Society, to my radio show. Lovely. This is this is by The Rentals, and The Rentals are a band that was started by Matt Sharp, who used to be the bass player for Weezer. And uh, then he formed the rentals in the in the mid '90s as like a side project for a while. Maya Rudolph was in the band from Saturday Night Live, and get out. So wow. the rentals is always Matt and whatever other musicians he has around that you know that want to contribute to the project. And uh, so in this incarnation of the rentals, though, who made the soundtrack for my radio show, it was Matt and it was Nick Zinner of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Cool. And that's I'm playing that because tomorrow night the Yaya Yaz are going to be at Boston Calling, and they I know will. you'll I know you'll be there. I will too. Yes. So very excited. I don't think they'll be playing any of the Midnight Society songs because I don't think you know what's Karen O going to do. There's no no lyrics, but um, it's still kind of cool that you know real musicians made a real album Absolutely. with my name on it. Yeah, and since you brought up Weezer, they were at Boston Calling last year, so. And and you went and saw them. I did. What did you think of their performance last year? Oh, it was great. I like I like Weezer, but I mean, I think I think it's Rivers Cuomo said it recently, and he nailed it. They probably put out too much music over the years. Yeah, maybe. Like some of it, he even admitted like some of it is just not good. They just over overdid it a little bit. Yeah, but, some of it know, became it was, formulaic. It was still kind of fun. It was a beautiful summer day, so it just felt very atmospheric. 
Do you know the Rentals big song that they had? It came out in the 90s, around the time that Weezer was popular. I don't. I'll play that coming up. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kate. And Thank you uh, for we, the musical education. That's what I do here. I'm a frustrated <laughs> rock radio DJ who turned into a talk show host. I so. see. I'm going to have those updates for you. And speaking of updates, we're also going to have those bear updates for you. Uh, you can check that out at the Bear Tracker, the South Coast Bear Tracker, on WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, we have it there for you so you can follow along not only with where the sightings happen, but all of our stories that have been covering it. Independent Thought in New Bedford sent in an app chat message. Good morning, Tim. Is there any chance the bear is here illegally from Canada? That would explain why they want to tranquilize and relocate them. Well, I think that this bear is not from Canada because, right, aren't black bears kind of what we have here in, in the northeast? But when you get up into Canada, don't they start to have the, the grizzlies? Or is that more on the western side of – might be on the western side of Canada, right? Because you get grizzlies out in the, in the Midwest of America. So maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. All I know is that when I play Red Red, Red Dead Redemption, I, I've I've had to shoot grizzly bears in the game. Don't shoot a bear in real life, but in the game I've had to. So that's that is pretty much my. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that polar bears are where it's cold. Koala bears are in Australia, and panda bears are in China. That's all that I know about bears. But I do find them fascinating. I do think that they are amazing creatures. As I've said before, my friend John Tenney like is obsessed with bears he wants to have a bear for a friend he said this multiple times and i've told him well you should go to clark's and see the bears there but it, it breaks his heart to see bears in captivity like that so it wouldn't really be a good fit for him but i put up a photo the other day uh you know as people are making all the bear memes going around i put up a photo of the bear in the wbsm studio hosting his own talk show and I put a note on social media, and John Tenney was the first person to comment. And he said, 100% would listen. So <laughs> he's probably not listening now. He's like, no, I don't want to listen to Weisberg. I hear him enough. But if it was the bear, he would definitely tune in. And by the way, thanks to everybody who has been giving, uh, sending in emails and app chat messages and phone calls of support, saying how much that you like hearing, not just me. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be here and... And, uh, and and I'll be on the air whenever they need me to be. So that's why I'm happy to get up early if they want me to wake up earlier or if they want me to go back to 9 o'clock, whatever it is. Um, but also the, uh, the the fact that people have been calling in and saying how much they love hearing Chris and Marcus from 9 to noon. So if you haven't caught that yet, I highly recommend it. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun hearing their show every morning, especially, you know, they've been all about the Bear Talk and a lot of other conversations as well. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. And you just, you'll laugh the whole time. So they'll be coming up at 9 a.m. And I think you'll really enjoy their program. And that means that we've also had Jess Machado on every night on South Coast tonight. And I'm seeing a lot of app chat messages that are coming in during her program of people saying how much they are liking hearing her every day on the air. So, you know, that's when, when sometimes when situations happen, uh, when sometimes you have things that come up, like Phil stepping back, that's okay because it creates some opportunities for other people to have 
uh, more opportunities too. So that's why you get to hear Jess every day. The, the rescheduling, the, the shuffling of the schedule allowed us to bring her in regularly. And now people are hearing her and some people for the first time and are enjoying the talk. So that's all we want to do here. We just want to entertain and inform. So uh, I'm going to do the same thing when we come back. But right now i got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about South Coast Lemonade Day. And we're going to give you all the details that you need to know about it. If you want to have your kids or grandkids or anybody that you know take part in it. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in right now. We're going to be joined by a special guest. We're going to be talking about the 8th annual South Coast Lemonade Day. It is returning to the South Coast on Saturday, June 24th. And our main squeeze sponsor that helps us put this on for all the children of the South Coast is Bay Coast Bank. Joining us now on the line, we have John McMahon. He is the Senior Vice President of Community Engagement for Bay Coast Bank. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good to be here. Thanks for having me this morning. Oh, thanks for joining us. And, and you know, we've been telling folks about South Coast Lemonade Day and how it helps kids learn how to be young entrepreneurs and how it helps them learn about what it's like to run their own business. But what is it about Lemonade Day that makes Bay Coast Bank want to take part in this and, and help us put it on? Well, we are a, a proud sponsor of Lemonade Day. And as, as you mentioned, Tim, we've been the main squeeze sponsor of this program since it started back in 2015. And as you also mentioned, Lemonade Day really is aimed at sparking the entrepreneurial spirit for local children. On June 24th, local kids between the ages of 6 and 13 are encouraged to start their own small business, in this case, a lemonade stand. It's a free, fun, experiential learning program for children that, that teaches them how to create budgets, set profit-making goals, serve customers, the value of customer service, repay any possible investors, and, of course, give back some of these funds to the community. So a really great program that provides real-life money management skills that will serve these children as well as they decide where to make their mark on the community going forward in the future. So we're really happy to be here and be a part of it. And one thing that I've noticed, and, and of course you being in banking, you probably have a better handle on this than I do, but I've noticed that a lot of younger folks are deciding to start their own business rather than go to work for someone else. And they are, you know, they have that entrepreneurial spirit, but sometimes the businesses don't work out because they might not have learned all the skills that they need at a young age like a Lemonade Day can provide them. Exactly. This program is, is, is really great for that. I call it kind of small business but big life lessons, right? Uh, they acquire skills in goal setting, problem solving. They gain self-esteem, critical thinking uh, skills for future success. Um, and in the past, Lemonade Day um, has had nearly 400 local kids participating, raising anywhere between, or excuse me, earning anywhere between $200 and $1,500 per stand. Um, and the other thing I love about this program is that kids are encouraged to spend some of the money they make because they've worked hard. They should spend some. They're encouraged to save some of the money they make, which is important, money saving, a great lesson for the future. And, of course, share some of the money they make, and another great lesson to support the community and give back in the form of donations and volunteerism. So a really great program that um, will hopefully inspire youth to become the business leaders and social advocates and forward-thinking citizens of tomorrow. So really glad to be here. And it must be great for the folks at Bay Coast Bank to see, you know, the Monday after Lemonade Day to have all these kids coming in with their, their dollar bills that they collected over the weekend and saying, you know, I'd like to open my first savings account with this and, and to get them into the mindset of how to be, you know, financially secure in their future. Exactly. And we, we do look forward to that um, uh, every day after Lemonade Day to see the, the children come in and tell the stories about the success they've had. And Bay Coast is just a strong supporter of our local community with a specific interest in supporting education and financial education at that. 
which is exactly what this program provides, which is exactly why we've been the main squeeze sponsor since 2015. So really excited to have another great year here in 2023. And and again, these kids are going to learn these valuable skills. They're going to learn, but they're also going to learn that, you know, not everything is, is uh, you know, so easy in business. They're going to learn that it does take hard work. And also there are some challenges that can come up. And I think, you know, every kid probably has dreams of, you know, someday, being their own boss and, and providing the world with a product, but then they, they realize just the amount of sweat equity that goes into that, even with something like a lemonade stand. Another great point um, to this is that hard work does does breed success, and that is exactly the point of this program, or one of the points of this program, to help children understand that hard work will result in positive um, uh, success in the future. So uh, another great point of this program and another reason that we're happy to support and before I let you go, I got to ask you the most important question of all when it comes to Lemonade Day: yellow lemonade or pink lemonade? So I'm a I'm a yellow lemonade guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a, a previous generation than these young children. So I'm 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 a classic yellow lemonade guy, and I look forward to getting out there on June 24th. And I'll encourage everybody to get out there on June 24th. If you do see a lemonade stand for some of these young children, pull over, purchase a purchase a cup of lemonade, and support the process and the program. And help these young children, um, you know, see what it's all what it's all about to run a small business. Well, thank you so much for joining us, John. I know on the twenty fourth, we're just going to be so full of lemonade, but it's going to be all worth it. Tim, I appreciate you having us on. Thank you very much. Hope you have an excellent day. You as well. Take care. That is uh, John McMahon of Bay Coast Bank. And, uh, of course, South Coast Lemonade Day, again, let me remind you, is happening on Saturday, June 24th. You can get registered right now to take part in it at southcoastlemonadeday.org. We also have it up at wbsm.com and on the app as well. But the place to go, it's all going to link you right back to southcoastlemonadeday.org so that you can sign up and register. We want you to register your child. You want you to register your grandchild, whoever it may be in your family that's taking part, we want you to register them at southcoastlemonadeday.org so that we know where they're going to be so that we can make sure we put them on our interactive map so that people know to go out and support them as part of Lemonade Day. And then we'll also ask that you'll send us in photos of your lemonade stands, whether it be through the app or to send it in online. We'll put in a, a form that you can send it in there as well. But we want to make sure we collect all those photos so we can show off all the hard work that these kids have put into putting on their own businesses with South Coast Lemonade Day. All right, got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be right back in just a few moments. All right, well, we are just about out of time for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, we'll be joined by Lieutenant Scott Carolla of the New Bedford Police Department in the bottom half of the hour. We'll talk about a big announcement that he wants to make here on the air. And also, we'll talk with you at 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app like Ashley in Connecticut did. Uh, she was listening earlier and she said, good song when talking about the Bridgewater Triangle song. And uh, she said, you know, she mentioned Black Bears are New England. And she says, Tim is the real MVP. No, Ashley, you are the real MVP listening to us on the WBSM app out there in Connecticut. And, of course, if uh, if you don't have the WBSM app downloaded, what are you waiting for? Get it on your phone. Get it on your tablet. Get it on your device. And if you have any trouble with that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.